Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What's up, NFL fans? Welcome back to another episode of the NFL Whip Around. I am one of the hosts, Jeff Hartman. Joining me, as always, is Coach KT Smith. Coach, how's it going? Going great, man. Another exciting weekend of football. Another Steelers victory. Let's go. Yeah, yeah somehow, go. some way. Somehow, yeah. some way. And a theme for this podcast, I think there's two different ways that we can talk about this. I think the quarterback carousel is already starting to turn. You know, when teams start to think about switching and, and going to a different player. We'll talk about some of that a little bit later in the show, but another dominant focus is going to be the AFC North, the AFC yeah. North, which is just incredible. It's incredible. Five and four Cincinnati Bengals are the bottom of the barrel. There's like the NFC South, the 500, five and five New Orleans Saints are at the top of the division. Before we even talk about anything as it pertains to the results from this weekend, what are your, what's your take on the AFC North through I guess, 10 weeks of football. Well, I think you've got really good quarterback play at the top of the division. I still think, even though Cincinnati's five and four, I still believe that they and Baltimore are the class of the division. So, you know, you've got two elite quarterbacks in Burrow and, and Lamar Jackson, and then you got two uh, elite defenses. I mean, Pittsburgh's not an elite defense statistically because they, they got that bend but don't break defense, but that defense is keeping them in every game and then the offense is just figuring out, you know, how to score enough points to win. And and something similar is going on in, in Cleveland. Cleveland's getting it done a different way every week, but that defense gives them a shot. So I just think you've got four uh, football teams there that that are either being led by great quarterbacks, there's good coaching in the division, or they just know how to win. 
it's crazy. Like I, I can't remember the last time. Maybe you go back to like when they called the NFC East the beast of the East, and that they had some really competitive years in that division. This is insane, but the AFC North is going to be featured a lot in the early portions of this podcast. Let's start out with CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans. What a season he's having as a rookie. Goes into Cincinnati, beats Joe Burrow and the Bengals, the Red Hot Bengals, who had won, I think, four games in a row prior to that contest. And so the way he's doing it, this isn't, you know, super careful with the football. He's not turning it over. He's making plays. Had that game-winning drive against Cincinnati coach. Is C.J. Stroud having the best rookie season of any quarterback in potentially NFL history? You could make an argument, uh, certainly in, in modern NFL history, that that he is. When you go back, sorry, I dug up some stats, and I'm just looking at some of the, the great rookie seasons. Dan Marino back in 1983, different game back then, but Marino averaged 245 yards passing a game. He had 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, but he did that for a pretty good Dolphins team that went to the Super Bowl the next year. You know, Ben Roethlisberger with the 2004 Steelers, he goes 13-0. and 0, But you and I know as Steelers fans, he wasn't really the engine that, right. that drove that team. Yeah. Andrew Luck, his rookie year, went 11-5 and five with, a, with a Colts team that had been really bad the year before. It won just one game. Uh, he, had, he had averaged 273 yards passing the game, but he threw 18 interceptions that year. I mean, Justin Herbert in 2020 set the record for most touchdown passes by a rookie. He threw 31. But again, he was quarterbacking a pretty good Chargers offense. C.J. Stroud, through nine games, is averaging 291 yards passing per game, which is the most out of any quarterback in history. He's thrown 15 touchdowns and two interceptions on a Texans team that won three games last year and looked coming into the season like it had one of the worst rosters in the NFL. It's, it's remarkable what he's doing. So, yeah, I mean, let's talk about his receivers. Tank Dell. I'm sorry. Tank Dell is not a household name. Like this is not the DeAndre Hopkins Houston Texans anymore where everyone's like, oh yeah, like the Texans suck, but they got that guy. They don't have that guy this year on offense. CJ Stroud is that guy, but they don't have any of those players who Dalton Schultz. No, I mean, Tank Dell is the leading receiver, I believe on that team. And then the other one, I, I slip his name is slipping my mind, but he's injured anyways. It's unbelievable. The guy who lit up the Steelers, I don't even remember his name, but he lit him up, man. He, he looked like DeAndre Hopkins against Pittsburgh. Yeah, like Robert Woods, I think, is, is on that team. Like CJ Stroud is doing this with this cast of characters that no one knows, and they're winning football. Uh, does this speak more to him as a quarterback, or does this speak more to Bobby Slowick's system and the way that he coaches up offense very similar to the 49ers scheme? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just get the marriage of the right coach with the right player. I mean, that worked for, for Belichick and Brady for years. I'm certainly not making a literal comparison here, but you just, if you get the guy who fits your scheme yeah. and, and you're smart about how you handle them, we talked about this last week with young quarterbacks, confidence is such a big thing. And, and they, they have done a great job this year protecting him, not letting him just get annihilated. Like, like some rookie quarterbacks, some in the, in this year's rookie class have just been absolutely hammered. And you have to wonder what does that do for their confidence? What does it do for their ability to uh, hang in the pocket? Do they ever really learn to go through progressions uh, in in at NFL speed if they're if they're just constantly worried about the rush and having to bail out? So so a, a heck of a coaching job by those guys down there in bringing him along. And now as he seems to be getting more comfortable, they're they're lengthening the leash and he's taken off. 
and he's not turning it over. That's what's crazy. A lot of times with these rookie quarterbacks, as that leash gets a little bit longer, they get a little bit careless. He's a smart quarterback. He has all the skill in the world. Seems like they got the pick right when they took him second overall after the Carolina Panthers take Bryce Young. And I know we've talked about buyer's remorse before. We won't bring that up. But let's talk a little bit about C.J. Stroud's performance and the Houston Texans. Let's say, which is the more surprising result? Was it Baltimore blowing a 17-3 to lead at home, M&T Bank Stadium, to the Cleveland Browns? Or was it that Houston Texans team going into Cincinnati at Paycor Stadium and finding a way, last-minute drive, game-winning field goal at the end of regulation. Both of those ended in game-winning field goals at regulation. But, Coach, to you, which was more surprising? For me, the the Ravens squandering that lead was more surprising just because of how dominant they'd been. We, we were having a conversation on this show last week about Baltimore being potentially a Super Bowl team, just how good that they, they've looked uh, rounding into, into shape in Todd Monken's offense, Lamar Jackson really starting to take off. And so a 17-3 to lead for Baltimore at home against a division rival, it seems about as safe as it can can be, especially with Deshaun Watson kind of dinged up and not not playing great football. And and so that one shocked me. And I, I haven't really fine-toothed combed that game yet to really go back and, and see how they did it exactly. Uh, I'll be curious to see that. But, but I think that that's going to be a one-off for the Ravens. I don't think that that's a, a sign of a, of a glaring weakness or something that they need to be worried about. I still think they're pretty darn good. I am. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you when the question is which is more surprising. I just think Baltimore's home field advantage is so much better than Cincinnati's. And Cincinnati has a good fan base and they show up. And I'm not saying that they don't, but MT Bank Stadium is a tough place to play. And even for a division rival to go in there and win is difficult. And to overcome the 17 to 3 deficit is even more surprising. Meanwhile, the Houston Texans, I've been on their bandwagon since they blew the doors off of the Steelers a few weeks ago. I watched that game, and people probably didn't, unless you were a Texans or a Steelers fan. It's not a marquee game. Who's going to want to watch the Texans and Steelers? They blew their doors off, like I said. And I watched that team said, this team is going to be good, and they continue to get better. They continue to get better. And I'm also not a full believer in the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Never have been. They let Von Bell and Jesse Bates go in free agency. You just don't replace those two guys overnight. And it seemed like CJ Stroud might have been the first guy this season that said, Hey, let's go and pick it. Let's pick this secondary apart a little bit. And so while both were surprising, I'm still going to have to go with Cleveland going into MT Bank Stadium and beating Lamar Jackson, not to take away from what Houston did in Cincinnati, though. Now, that's a great point about the Bengals and the safeties. I mean, Jesse Bates is an all pro safety. And yeah. if Steelers fans would be beside themselves if Pittsburgh let Minka Fitzpatrick walk, and I think that that uh, Jesse Bates is comparable. He's having a, a heck of a season down in Atlanta right now. And I mean, the leadership aspect that the safeties provide is I think underrated on defenses. Everybody identifies that with the linebackers and, and absolutely the linebackers are great leaders on defenses, but the way that that safeties get everybody organized in coverage and communicate everything. I mean, they are the quarterbacks of the secondary. And if you can't find a guy that can do that, those those intangibles that don't show up necessarily on the on the score sheet, it's a huge problem, man. And so that that that's a great point. I, I wonder if they'll be able against the elite passers to keep that that coverage unit together. Yeah, I mean Cincinnati's offense is there's it, it's, it's amazing, and Joe Burrow had a great game, and so did Jamar Chase. Like they they lit it up, but the defense couldn't hold that lead when it mattered most. That's what's caused for concern. If I'm a Bengals fan. 
And I got to be honest, like you kind of just, you think it's a one-off, but if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm not very confident in what I just saw. Like the ability to hold that lead. Now they've done it before. Detroit goes into M&T Bank Stadium and they get, they get boat raced. Almost it's over by the end of the first quarter. And it looked like this was going in that same direction. They lose Marlon Humphrey. Now it's not an Achilles tear. It's actually say this is a calf strain, but still he could be out for a couple weeks. That's got to be concerning for a defense that's supposed to be legit. Don't you think, Coach? Right. And again, man, back end issues. Uh, he's, a, he's a corner, not a, not a safety, but he's a, a pretty elite cover guy. And uh, again, you know, I, I haven't gone through that game specifically. Uh, I'll be fascinated to, to see, you know, exactly what was the turning point. You know, where did a lot of times in games like that, there become com, uh, communication issues that lead to mistakes and then you can't get them fixed in real time. It's amazing how fast in real time games happen. And you, when you're trying to solve a problem and, and, and the, uh, the opponent is exploiting it and, and you can't get it fixed for whatever reason, it feels like they're just absolutely gashing you with it. Uh, and oftentimes you wind up you know, making desperation moves, personnel switches, scheme switches. If that doesn't catch right away, there can almost be like a panic mentality that, that, that sets in. You know, you just feel like you can't stop it. It's a helpless feeling at times. And I'm not saying that's what happened, but, you, you know, the characteristic of, of the way that those teams were playing is so opposite of how the result ended. So I wonder if maybe, right, was it an internal issue as much as it was a physical issue with Baltimore? Got to be honest, though, I was pretty happy. <laughs> teams lost. <laughs> I think on Twitter I, I used the uh my one of my favorite gifts, which is uh the excellent by uh Mr. Oh Burns. Gosh, Mr. Burns, yes. Okay, let's go to the topic number three, and that is a quarterback carousel, a team that is already starting those wheels in motion, and that's the New England Patriots. So the New England Patriots and Indianapolis Colts go head-to-head over in Frankfurt, and Germany's probably like, oh, yay, and they get a flipping dud. You had a great game last week in Miami and Kansas City, and this week, final score, 10-6. to I mean, come on. Like, this is... You said something about the Steelers. This is in a personal text message back when the beginning of the season, you said the Steelers are setting offensive football back 75 years. <laughs> I feel like you could have said the same thing about this game. Mac Jones has a horrible interception. He gets benched. Bailey Zappi comes in. Not much better. He throws the interception on the last drive of the, of the game. Afterwards, I don't know if you saw this clip, Coach. He's interviewed in the locker room. They said, what happened? He goes, well, I'm not going to say... I can't say what I really want to say or something along those lines. And it just seems like that whole locker room is a mess. But what are your thoughts on the quarterback carousel in uh, New England? And maybe they're going to be getting a top pick and one of these great quarterbacks coming out of college. Yeah. So I think there's no doubt that they're going to get uh, a top pick. For me, the interesting question will be, does Robert Kraft allow Bill Belichick to stick around to either a pick that quarterback and then be coach him up. I think that's a fascinating question. Bill Belichick uh, will be 72 years old soon. Whether you, you mentioned the locker room, sometimes the locker room is a reflection of the culture of a franchise, which is usually dictated by the head coach. I, I think teams adopt the personality of their head coaches. And when the locker room is, is, is kind of falling apart or, or seems to be divided, oftentimes that's because, the head coach doesn't have his finger on the pulse of the team. 
I don't think the X's and O's have bypassed Bill Belichick, but I wonder if his ability to communicate to with, with players who are, are as young enough to be his grandchildren, is that an issue right now? And, and I think, you know, will Robert Kraft allow him uh, essentially to rebuild it? Because if you, you're going to, if you're going, when you're picking a quarterback at number two or number three, overall, you're in a full rebuild. And I don't know if Robert Kraft is going to, you know, allow 72 year old to rebuild that team. What do you think? Well, well, let's, let's talk about Bill Belichick, the general manager for a second. Not Bill Belichick, the coach. He's proven himself as a coach more times than we all want to remember. But as a GM, can you tell me, outside of Tom Brady, a couple offensive players that he has drafted that have really panned out, especially in recent years? I mean, you could go back to when he started back in the early 2000s. I'm sure he had some picks, but still, think about it. Can you name many of those players? No. Probably a couple <laughs> offensive linemen, you know? Like, okay. Yeah, but that, sure. That's about it. Sure. It never works. The the GM head coaching thing never, you know, Bill Parcells once famously said, Hey, if I'm going to cook the meal, I want to buy the groceries. And that was, that was his analogy for, uh, you know, why he should be the GM. And they gave him GM uh, title along with head coach with the jets. And they had a good year or two, but inevitably it didn't work out. It didn't, it didn't work out for Mike Holmgren. Uh, it doesn't work out for most of these guys, man. They, I don't know if it's hubris uh, what it is, but, but they're two different jobs and coaching is an emotional thing, right? You, you invest so much emotion in it. Uh, being a GM, I think is, is requires sort of this, like, you know, steady hand and this like evenness that oftentimes you don't find with coaches. And I don't know, it's hard to take off one hat and put on the other without sort of mixing those roles. Well, the reason I asked you about it, when was the last time he actually drafted a player who's done something is based on the fact that he has had more failures in terms of offensive draft, drafting offensive skill position players than he has had successes by far. So if I'm Robert Kraft, and like you said, he's 72 years old. Now, rumor was that they just had a new contract done up prior to the season. There are also rumors that teams like Washington might want to trade for Bill Belichick. That's neither here nor there. Do I trust Bill Belichick, the GM, to make the right pick at quarterback? Look at what happened in Carolina this past year. Great quarterback class. Everyone said it's highly touted. Stroud, Young, who's going to go top? And Carolina made that pick of Bryce Young. And I'm not saying Bryce Young is not going to be a good quarterback in the league, but it sure as hell looks like they made the wrong pick when you look at what C.J. Stroud is doing. And so when I think about this from, a, from an owner's perspective, I don't know if I want Bill Belichick making that pick. And that's that's a pretty damning statement. Yeah, the, I mean, the NFL is a different game, especially in the passing game, than it was uh, even 10 years ago. There's the, the quarterbacks that are coming up now, they're trained differently. The ball is out of their hands so much faster. They're taught to, to see the game differently, the read option game, the RPO game. Um, I mean, again, I don't think the X's and O's have slipped Bill Belichick uh, have passed him by, but but does he still have the ability to fit what he sees and the way that he coaches the game with the way that young players are being taught the game and what they can now do? I, I would be nervous about it as well. I mean, I, I might think to myself, hey, you know, it's it's time now. It's a perfect time, actually, as the quarterbacks kind of get pushed out and we bring in the new guys. Let's just let's reboot the entire process. I mean, let's let's go to the simplest form of this discussion. 
who drafted Mac Jones? Yeah. <laughs> Did you develop Mac Jones? The answer is no. The answer is no. And he wasn't a top 10 pick. What was he like mid to late first round pick? I think so. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not sold on Bill Belichick, the general manager, making that call. I don't. And Jimmy think- Garoppolo. Yep. And That's true. Uh, the big kid out of Washington State that they or Arizona State that they took. Um, uh, I can't remember his name. The big six eight kid. And there have been like the, you know yeah. there were for years there was all these conversations about well this guy will be Tom Brady's replacement. This guy will be Tom Brady's. And they didn't. They didn't develop any of them. And then none of them caught on with anybody else in the league. So it's not like. Oh well, the Patriots screwed up, but but an, another team was able to turn this guy into a star. You know, Garoppolo had some success in San Francisco, but I think I think they're missing on these guys not just for in New England system, but with everybody else as well. They're just missing on them as pros. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, again, it's going to be you know if he's under contract, he might force their hand and force them to trade. And we haven't seen a coach trade in a while. Uh, it's, it would be interesting to see what those trades, but we'll talk about that as we go. We'll see what happens and we'll see if Bailey Zappi starts for the Patriots this upcoming week. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Let's go to the next topic. Who is one team people seem to be sleeping on who could make some noise come playoff time? Coach, you have to yeah, answer I mean, that question. I, that's, you know, I think there's a, everybody, uh, last year, I think people were like, oh, the Lions, the Lions, but they, you know, they, they're kind of the, everybody's darling now. So yeah. for me, it's the Seattle Seahawks. I, I think Seattle is sneaky good. I have a ton of respect for Pete Carroll. I think he does a great job getting his teams prepared. They they seem to win close football games a lot. They they won a great one earlier in the season in Detroit, uh, in 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 front of a, a crazy Detroit crowd. It was Detroit's home opener after they knocked off Kansas City. Um, he he's done an amazing job developing Geno Smith. My God, Geno Smith was awful for eight years in the NFL. He was a bad backup for four teams. I think his career starting record as a starter was 13 and 21. And then he gets to Seattle and Geno Smith is playing right now, like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And, and they've got, if they get a home playoff game, you know, they're probably not going to win the division. I think San Francisco will write themselves 
and, and wind up winning the division. But maybe Seattle comes in as a, as a, a home wild card team. And, you know, they got that crazy fan base there. You know, you get a game at home, you win that, you get a little momentum. I could see them going to Dallas or going to Detroit. They've already done it in, in the divisional round and, and pulling an upset and, and getting to the championship game. Now, I don't think they're going to win the championship game, uh, but it, it wouldn't be shocking to me if they made a run. Yeah, the Seattle's a great pick in the NFC, and I'm not going to disagree at all. The NFC still feels kind of wide open amongst the top tier teams. Like there's the top tier, and then there's a huge drop off even to the middle of the pack. Seattle is at the bottom of that top tier. I, th- I like that pick. If I'm going to go with the team, I'm going to go with the AFC, and let me let me put my Homer hat on. I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I honestly am going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers, and and Steeler fans that listen to this show because we're both on the Steel Curtain Network are absolutely going to be rolling their eyes saying, oh, here we go with Jeff again. He's super optimistic. I did an entire podcast segment on this about how Mike Tomlin wants this style of team. He wants this. He wants the offense that, hey, just don't kill us. I call it Devlin Duck Hodges football. Just don't kill us. Don't turn it over. We have an opportunistic defense that's doing it without some pretty big pieces of the puzzle, mind you, with Mika Fitzpatrick sideline. They lose Quan Alexander. They already lost Cole Holcomb. The inside linebacker position is a concern. I look at the offense, though. They're trending in the right direction. They're running the ball. The last two games, they've had over 160 yards rushing as a team. They went over 200 against Green Bay on Sunday. And if you can just get a little bit of production from the passing attack, this is where I think the Steelers could really do some damage based on the fact that if they can run the ball effectively when teams load the box and they can actually attack down the field and win those one-on-one matchups with players like Deontay Johnson with George Pickens, and even with Pat Fryermuth, when he comes back, if they decide to utilize him properly, I think they could make some noise. Like That's the question. Who's the team that everyone is sleeping on? People look at the Steelers' 6-3 and three record and laugh. They say, oh, they've been outgained every game, and they still are 6-3. and three. This game is a joke. I'm sorry. They're a dangerous team if they get in. So I'm going to say, Coach, I'll let you go. Mike, Mike Greenberg called the Steelers the worst team in the NFL. The worst <laughs> team in the NFL. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of respect for Mike Greenberg's take on, on a lot of things, but yeah. yeah, the worst team in the NFL. So Steeler fans are hating on the Steelers. Now I'm that's how it's come on Steeler fans, man. I know there's a bunch of you guys listening right now. Like why, why are we hating on the Steelers? Right. The Steelers fans should be thrilled that they're a six and three team. And one thing I've always said, Brian, Brian, Anthony Davis, and I were just talking about this. One thing I've always said, I like so much better the us against the world Steelers than the, we got this Steelers. You know, I hate that we got the Steelers when they when they feel like that. You know, don't worry about it. We're playing a bad team, or or they take their foot yeah. off the gas, whatever. The the Steelers with a chip on their shoulder is a dangerous football team, and it feels like this year's team is playing like that. Absolutely, and and Mike Tomlinson, he he's going to relish this. But here's another thing that no one really wants to talk about about the Steelers: they are so comfortable in crunch time in a close game. They live it every week. So Kenny yep. Pickett goes out there and needs a game-winning drive. How many times have I done this in my career? 13, something like that, some crazy number. And the defense goes out and like, man, we got to make a play here. Oh, okay, that's, we'll, we'll just have two red zone interceptions of Jordan Love to, to seal the victory. Or go to Tennessee on Thursday night. Quan Alexander's great leaping interception. They have a knack for it. And here's the thing. Everyone says, like, this isn't sustainable. It's been sustainable for, for 10 weeks. They have a plus 10 turnover differential they've taken the ball away 18 times 
that's not just a flash in the pan to me. That 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 shows me this is how this team is constructed. And when they get Minka back, it's only going to be better. Coach, I'm saying the Steelers are the team that people aren't going to want to play, barring this inside linebacker situation completely derailing things. <laughs> now, now watch now watch 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 the Steelers and the Seahawks not even get into the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm gonna take my Homer hat off now. Let's move to the fifth and final uh segment here. The Dallas Cowboys, they're six and three. They have a top ranked top five offense and defense. They've scored at least 38 points for the fourth time this year on Sunday in the 49 to 17 shellacking of the Giants. But they've also lost to Arizona. They got embarrassed by San Francisco and they lost a close one to the NFC East division leading Philadelphia Eagles. What are your takes on the Cowboys? It's really tough to gauge some of these teams. The Cowboys are one of them. Are they contenders or as you put it, are they frauds? For me, the Cowboys will always be frauds until they prove otherwise. I was listening to, so they beat the Giants on Sunday, 49 to 17. This is, this is coming after beating the Giants 40 to nothing on, on opening yeah. uh, weekend. So 89 to 17 over the Giants. Great. That's great. You beat you beat up on a terrible Giants team. Dak Prescott looked awesome. And and they've got talent. Boy, do they got talent. Their receiving score core uh scares the heck out of people, and understandably so. The defense scares people. I mean, they've got all the pieces for sure. But they the Cowboys have just shown over and over and over and over again since they won their last Super Bowl back in the mid-1990s that in the big spots, they come up short. And I don't know why that is. It's because it's it's they've gone through several coaches. They've gone through several quarterbacks. Uh, you know, some franchises, man, they get they get a little bit of that stigma, like they can't deliver in the in the big moment and you and you and you can't do it until you do it. And they just haven't done it. So as good as they look at times until they show up on the biggest stage and play great football, I'm I'm not a believer. Wow. I mean. This is very similar conversation to like the Miami Dolphins. When you look at, okay, who have they beaten and who have they lost to? And then you look at every time they play a legitimate team, they lose. The Cowboys, they're very similar, but they lost to Arizona in that really fluky game. The 49ers blew their doors off. I feel like the the Dallas Cowboys are a team that if it's not a divisional game, if you can get a lead and you force the game into Dak Prescott's hand, that's where you're going to win. I still think they are contenders, at least in the NFC. I don't think they're a contender for the Super Bowl, but I do think that they're going to be in the mix. They're going to be in the playoffs. They'll be a tough out. You also have to get them away from home. They're a much different team in Dallas than they are on the road. So if you get them away from home, you have a good chance of winning. Dallas, it, it, Dallas is, again, like Miami, sometimes even like Buffalo, Kansas City. You just don't know what you're going to get from a week-in, week-out basis. Now, some of the teams I just named are way more consistent, but I think Dallas, is they have a great defense, and their offense, like you said, loaded with skill position players. I'm going to go with contender, though. Not just to disagree, but I think that they have a good team. But, yeah, they got to prove it. They have to prove it because they haven't done it yet. So, any other thoughts on the Cowboys? Uh, other than, does anybody call them America's team anymore? Is that is that other, still a thing? Oh, it is for the announcers. They always say that America's team, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that's what I because I wondered about that. I wondered if that thing still stays with them because they they you know they're they're very popular, obviously nationally. They've got a very marketable brand, and I always wondered like is that is that they're 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 always a good football team, but they've won. I might get the statistic wrong, but they've only won something like four playoff games since their last Super Bowl 
which was almost 30 years ago. And yeah. so, I mean, that's just, that, that's hype. You're hype. You're just hyping uh, this team constantly. I think they're living off the reputation that they had when they were quote unquote America's team. So I, I, if they were a, a different franchise and they'd only produced four playoff wins in 28 years and, and every year seemed to be good and just didn't deliver, they'd be the chargers. Yeah. Chargers are going to charge her. Yeah. All right. Let's finish up with our player profile. We didn't really know where to go. And I said, let's talk about Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Now, Washington did not win their game this week. They lost to Seattle. Sam Howell, to me, is a very intriguing prospect. First and foremost, the Steelers were in that mix for a quarterback in that draft class. They obviously chose Kenny Pickett at 20th overall in the first round in 2022. They had shown interest in Sam Howell from North Carolina. Uh, and he didn't get drafted till the fifth round. So Washington takes a flyer on this guy in the fifth round. He's bouncing around. He's he's in the lineup, out of the lineup. They decide to go with him. He's their guy. I think he's proven that, number one, he's tough as hell. The guy gets sacked a million times. I think he, I don't know if he's still on pace to set the new record for sacked sacks in a season. Holds onto the ball a little too long sometimes, obviously. But, man, he stands in the pocket. He's got a hell of an arm. He looks like a winner. He looks like a winner. I, Sam Howell, as a fifth-round draft pick, is making the Washington Commanders think that even though they might have been like, okay, we're going to trade away Chase Young and Montez Sweat, it makes people think maybe they have their quarterback. Coach, what do you think about Sam Howell? I like him. I, I like his aggressiveness. I like his attitude. He's got that sort of fiery demeanor that uh, your teammates will rally around. I think he's got the chip on his shoulder as a fifth round pick. He probably believes that he was better than a lot of the guys that went before him. He's coming out of North Carolina, which has been really good at producing college quarterbacks recently. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky hasn't turned out to be a great pro, but he was an excellent college quarterback there. And Hal and now Drake May at, at Carolina is, is going to be one of the top picks in the draft. So they certainly have prepared their quarterbacks well. I mean, the only thing that makes me nervous about Sam Howell is he's, he gives me a little bit of a Baker Mayfield vibe, a little bit of just that, you know, like he could be, he could get on a heater, man, and, and really light it up for a few weeks. And then all of a sudden he could just throw some terrible interceptions. Is that aggressiveness going to be used against him once NFL teams really start to figure him out when they, when they really start to scheme to take away the things he does best, is he going to make the big mistakes and not learn from his lessons? I think that's been one of the, the things that's derailed Baker Mayfield's career is he, is he just doesn't seem to learn from some of the things that he does wrong. So that'll be a thing for me to watch with Sam. Howe. That's a very bad uh, comp. If you're comparing <laughs> him to Baker Mayfield, like he might not be, he might not be at yeah. all. He just, his, his, his style is reminiscent of it. However, I mean, when you look at Sam, Howe, here's, here's why I picked him for the player profile. You could make a case that he's outplaying Kenny Pickett. He outplayed Desmond Ritter. And he, the, those guys were drafted well before he was. And so here he is, a fifth-round pick, like you said, chip on the shoulder. Maybe maybe he thinks, I have nothing to lose. What do I have to lose? I'm just going to go out there and sling the ball around. That's fine. Hey, he's fun to watch. They didn't win the game. Washington has an uphill battle, not just the rest of the season, but probably when they go through the coaching search. But maybe they have their quarterback. I don't know. I don't know. All right, Coach, any final thoughts? Yeah, again, it, it continues to be a really unpredictable league. Here we were a week ago. What's wrong with the 49ers? Then they come out and absolutely smash Jacksonville. Oh, Baltimore and Cincinnati, they look like dominant teams. Then they both get beat at home. I don't think, I, I just don't think that you can really, 
get a beat on what's going to happen on a weekly basis right now. No, I don't think you can. I'm just shocked that we made it through an entire episode and we didn't bring up the officiating. Like that's that's like <laughs> mark the tape. Mark this. <laughs> I'm not. I, I didn't bring up specific examples. I could, but I'm not. Uh, we did it. I, I didn't think it was possible, but we did it. Coach, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up on the call sheet this week? Yeah, so we're, we've been talking about quarterbacks a lot. So uh, I just wrote an article for uh, FFSN where we're uh, kind of created some quarterback tiers. And we're and we're sort of tiering the NFL quarterbacks after after ten weeks of the season. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, continue to do some some tributes to guys who who wear the number of the episode. But if if you'll if you'll indulge me for a sec, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do my plug my first video breakdown that I'm gonna work on mm-hmm. this week. And yeah, uh, you you know you can probably give better details about about where that's gonna run. But I'm gonna start to do some YouTube breakdowns on uh, uh, using video and. I'm getting pretty excited to be able to kind of jump into the coaching aspect of that. Yeah. So Kevin's going to have it. This will only be the visual aspects of those that are listening on audio side right now. You'll be able to find like, if he does a Steelers breakdown, that'll be on our steel curtain network, YouTube channel. Uh, and all the other ones will be on our fans. First sports network, YouTube channel, which you can go and you can watch the call sheet. You can watch my fans. First football show. You can watch Pez's picks. All those shows are on the video side there. And we're going to start adding some more to that. So go subscribe to that channel so you won't miss any of that great content. But Coach, tell them where they can find you on social media. Yeah, on Twitter, at KTSmithFFSN. I'll plug my boy Pez again. 2-0, 2-0, Jeff. He's got six in a row in the NFL. Well, yeah, he's got six in a row in the NFL, and he only lost one college game. He took he went two, two out of three, two for three in the college, and he went 2-0 and in, in NFL. He is red hot. If it's people aren't listening to – yeah. Pez's picks goes, go to Pez's picks. You go to just search wherever you get your podcast, Pez's picks. The show comes out Thursday morning. The dude's been red hot. I said, I had to put him over the coals a little bit, but once I did, he <laughs> maybe started he to deliver. No, maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's picking he, games at a 60% clip. If you're, if you're, if you're hitting 60% in the gambling world, you're making a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. He's got to be above 60% now. Hell, he's been perfect in the NFL last two weeks. So go check out Pez's picks. Coach, as always, thank you for your time. Hey, check us out next time on the NFL Whip Around. We'll see you. Take it easy, Coach.